0: you are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. We have come to the second hour of our show. It is 8.04 a.m. And we are going to have our next quiz. Mm,
1: here's our second to last one. Second to last chance to actually
0: Get respond
1: in. for today. Mm-hmm. So our la- second to last question, what disease was Miriam temporally affecting? afflicted with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. 0491 064 669 is the number to call or text. Of course, if you know the answer to that one, you will go into the drawer for our amazing revive cafe cookbook. Eight. If you want to make quinoa zucchini bowls, I always used to read that as quinoa. I'm like, what is quinoa? And they're like, oh, quinoa, quinoa. Okay, there we go. If you want to make corn chowder, corn chowder. Wilson, is like I did too. One of the greatest. You we went alone. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah just classic. Or dude, silver beet and walnut, a walnut hanza skillet. I don't even know what that is. It sounds incredible. Again, this this has 82 different recipes in it, and it's just it it's just a Coffee table classic, you know, just right there in the middle of the room. It looks beautiful. 0491 064 is the number to call or text. And again, that quiz question was...
1: What disease was Miriam temporarily
0: afflicted with? Absolutely. zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. 64 669 Listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and have you guys been a little bit quieter this morning? I, I think I think our quiz this morning has been a little bit more difficult than it has been over the last couple of days. You know, we've, we've been giving you guys a few, you know, layups, a few leg-ups, you know, but uh, it should... This the this question and and maybe the last question should be a little bit easier. We're hoping you guys can take those final opportunities. But if you if you don't know if you don't know what it is, like if you don't know the answer, just send in whatever. Mm. Just just say just say what disease was Miriam temp- temporarily afflicted with. Um. D- d- F- Ephesians, just write it. In. <laughs> just, just just write. Just write
1: Ephesians,
0: in. If come really on, You really don't know the answer, like, you know. Or, or you can what? say
1: the flu, but not the f- Ephesians. The, say say
0: COVID nineteen, <laughs> you know. Say write in, um, you know, pulmonary, you know, heart, something. Just write it in, and 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 take. You know, you might be right. You'll probably yeah. be wrong, but at least you're, you know, doing your best to get in. And we might have sympathy on you. We probably won't. Uh, <laughs> but hey, at least. At least, at least the answers are in there
1: But also keep giving us your responses And what you love about this show mm. what, you, what you actually want us to um, cover yeah. Some of your areas of interest What do sure. you particularly um, want to see us improve on We really want to f- uh, This show is for you mm. So we want your feedback Keep on sending in those responses to us And letting mm. us know
0: Yeah, and this show is also uh, an opportunity That we have to dive into what God's Word says mm. And so that's what we're going to be doing this morning we are picking it up in the book of Ephesians. We've come to our today's study, which is looking at Ephesians, a Christ saturated letter. Ephesians, a Christ saturated letter, which is, you know, from the outset, we can very much see that the book of Ephesians, well, it's contained within the Bible, but as an epistle, is very concerned with how it is that the church relates to Christ. Again, we're gonna be looking at in a little bit as well as some some metaphors that represent the church in Ephesians. And as we discovered yesterday when we were going through the structure of Ephesians, very much concerned with church and its function. But the, the pinnacle of that concept and the pinnacle of that explanation that Ephesians is trying to do to get people to understand, okay, this is how a church functions, is how the church actually relates to Christ.
1: Yeah, and, and Lawson, the th- interesting thing is so many people these days think of church as mm-hmm. the building,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, hey, mm-hmm.
1: that you go to church and that is church, mm-hmm. right? But the word for church, the Greek word for church in the Bible is the word ecclesia, mm. And and the definition of that is basically an assembly of people, mm-hmm. an assembly of people. Because back in 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 Jesus's days, in Paul's days, yes, there were the synagogues, and the Jews particularly went there. But the thing is that there were there were gatherings in homes, and so that's that's what we see is and this assembly of people. And so when we look at a, of this Christ centeredness to the church, it's about people we are the church
0: exactly exactly yeah when you know i if i say to someone "Ah, i i work for a church and the thought is Mm. you know that comes up in many people's mind is then you know structure of oh you know maybe some kind of conference or some kind of organization when we say church we think of denomination um often we think of catholicism we think of these kinds of things, but when we are talking about church, and when what the heart of Ephesians is, is again addressing these group of believers, which I think is just such an important Isn't topic it? because with it, like this world is made up of people, everything that we have, all the machines and all the institutions, and everything that is here is is generated and by machines. I mean, like the societal machines that go on when we talk about you know. Like we can, if we get into the area of pol- politics and the economy and society, and, he, and we say, "Oh, you know, the machine of of capitalism or communism," and we look at all these different models, what we're ultimately looking at is ways in which people relate to one another. Mm. And church is given to us by God as a vehicle in which people can be united before Him. Uh, how it is that people can come together and have a communal experience communally worshipping God, because what God can see first and foremost is that we are not beings that are supposed to be living in isolation I, know,
1: that's, that's, I was just I love that you just said that because that 's mm-hmm. where my mind was going, mm-hmm. and if I can give a really beautiful example that my husband uses many times um, um, in Bible studies, too, is that you know when you have um, the, the coal you know when you 've had a fire and there 's this coal simmering towards the end you know and you take one of those out. Mm. What happens to the one that's taken out? The ones that remain continue yeah. to be lit, don't they? You take the one out, and it fizzles out, and that's yeah. the kind. Of, that's the reasoning for us to be fellowshipping in this in this community of believers.
0: Absolutely, I've heard it said like this: um, you know, you could technically read the Bible and be a Christian, be a God follower without church, but. Uh, th- well, this is actually a quote from from Lyle Southwell that I have heard him say. He says, "Yeah, you know, you can be a Christian without the church, but I've never seen it work before. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've just, just never seen it be successful and to this- keep you on track really well. Absolutely. Well, because mm. this is again how we're created as humans. Well, like we know biologically, we require community. Like even from mm. a from a reproduction standpoint. Like, yeah. like it's it's you know our our existence as humanity continues because of procreation and that comes about because of community, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't, we're not like asexual and produce our own stuff. We, Mm -hmm. we don't, possess those uh, mm. processes no god no. create us in the very foundation of our biology but then also in a in sociology you know in the beginning we were put in the garden mm-hmm. which was a communal space mm-hmm. for humanity to take spend time with one another and it's actually sin itself that has wrought division between firstly god and humanity but then between men and themselves you know i uh, as I said earlier in the show, working at Newcastle Union, not being a, a, a university student, right? And you're in a very communal space. And a lot of the conversations that we have, and especially because it's a communal space for the young people, you know, and I, I've been kind of out of school for a long time, out of high school and then now being a, a uni student again and, and I'm 24 now and I'm interacting with quite a few young people, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, you, I'm a young person, but I mean younger people than me, people who are fresh <laughs> out of high school. And in just hearing some of the drama that, that goes on and on, I'm like, Man, like, you kind of like, why can't everyone just be okay and be alright with each other? But then you realize, like, I think of my own, you know, my family, my connections, my church, you know, different things I'm involved, you know, the local running club that I go running in this and that and the other. And we see that, oh man, there's kind of drama in all of this. We can see, and, and again, Drama. I say the word drama because often a lot of the problems are very superficial. <laughs> but then, as we move further into society, into looking at uh, you know countries and nations and how they function, again, way that we um, commune, build communities out of people, and we just see all of the problems that are consistently mm-hmm. rising within mm-hmm. these communities and and relate. I talked about India earlier this year, and you've got two um, ethnic communities living among each other. And as a result of this, there's been great oppression and all of these awful things taking place. And it's like, well, why? And I think that's really the evidence of sin Mm. again, because sin attacks what God God's original design Absolutely. of creation, and it's like, well, why are there all these problems? Whenever we try to have community, it seems like there's these drama, you know, on a superficial, low level. There's drama on as we move up and up and up. There's great injustice and awfulness. It's because that's exactly what sin is trying to attack. Because sin is against the order of creation, mm, which it. is for us to be in community. You're listening to the breakfast show. Contact us on 0491 064 669 but then God subverts that and He's like, okay, no, I want you guys to be in community despite sin. I want you to be a loving group of people who aren't living in a society in which you are, you know, just attacking one another, but you're collaborating and working together as a team. You're no longer in competition with one another, but in competition rather against the world and against sin. That's it. He, he wants yeah. us to be united as a group of people who are standing in truth and in righteousness. But then, because of that, and again, because of the Existence of sin there would then be great need for for God to be able to explain and give him some guidance and direction as to how that can actually be successful. I know for Danuta, for yourself, working in ministry, you would experience so much, just seeing you know the the ins and outs of church, the ups and downs, lots, and lots, and yeah. especially because you were working out west, we Western New, so, west west well. New South Wales, mm. and definitely the challenges that community would have brought out there. There's challenges everywhere, but living mm. in places that are rather remote, living in places where you know we can see particularly difficulties in the communities there because of that isolation Mm -hmm. and then having to speak to that and respond to that as a church... Um, definitely you would need some level of advice as to, yeah, how can we function in this space? Well, and
1: the thing is in, in, in when you go into the communities and when you go out to the remote places mm. uh, and in regional areas, it's it's much more about uh, the one-on-one, mm. one-on-one and creating community, but it, it's about flexibility and looking at the needs. Yes. Needs. It's a completely different way of doing church in quotes mm. than you would, say, on the coast where there's a little bit more structure. Sure. There's, there's less structure and things like that, but the beauty is everything still comes back to the centre, Jesus at the centre. And that's why I love even with what Paul does in his letter, how it is a Christ-saturated letter, isn't it? Because he's like it's about community, but it's about being in Christ. And we touched on that briefly yesterday as well. And I
0: love that too because ultimately it's like we can observe throughout the world looking at countries and organizations and whatever it may be just the difficulty that comes with community Mm -hmm. because of the hurt that people bring one another Mm -hmm. uh, because of the selfishness because of whatever maybe you know no one is in a position to perfectly and selflessly give and love for the sake of other people and so that brings so much hurt and problems and pain but then despite this god is like i want you to have community but how is that community actually going to ever live up to the love you know that i want you to display to the world and the righteousness that you know my character represents through christ Mm. through Christ.
1: That's it. And, and I love, well, and, and it's interesting that Paul actually uses the term in Christ mostly mm. all the way through. In fact, he actually uses it 30 times throughout Ephesians. Wow. And remember yesterday, I, and you said, you know, you, you can see how in my first chapter, I, you know, years ago, I've already circled in Christ, in him, in mm. himself, um, in His will that keeps coming through in chapter one, like so many times mm. already, and and he uses that term in Christ rather than through Christ so much because it's Christ living in the believer rather than yes. about Jesus crucified. Mm. And how how can how can um, we have Christ living in us as believers? Absolutely. It's really by us having that daily relationship yeah. with Him and digging into His Word, isn't it?
0: Absolutely, yeah. It's we, we have the exercise of devotion, which is mm. to open the Word of God and to read it and experience it. But I, I love that it's not necessarily, you know, in well, we could use the word gnostic or, or mystic in the sense that it's like, well, the Bible. very much how those kinds of religions present, it's like if we were to put that onto the Bible and say, well, the Bible has this secret information, this secret source. And, you know, if you're able to engage with it and and gain a higher plane and understanding of knowledge, then you'll come to a higher being of existence. And that's actually, uh, uh, it's an interesting Perspective. I actually, I wrote uh, in one of my uh, exams that I did this year. I wrote about it's one of the models of revelation. It's called um, revelation as a higher consciousness. Conscious mm-hmm. revelation as achieving a higher consciousness, which is essentially that the information of the Bible wholly and solely serves to give you just a higher level of of self understanding and whatnot. And then, so the onus on anything in the Bible being true isn't necessarily there because it's just like, oh, the Bible just has information that's that's benefit. Beneficiary that, that's better. The that benefits the self, whilst. Mm. Simultaneously, you know, very similar to a to a religion like Buddhism or something mm. like that. You know, it's,
1: it's it's got to be more than just an information book, isn't it? Because, that's right. And that's why we're told that it's inspired. Yeah. Whereas what God's see, the authority here.
0: Well, what we see in the Bible is ultimately this narrative and this information that all leads to the person of Jesus. Mm. But then it's like through having that relationship with Him, through reading His Word, God is also wanting to do like a very and as He said, He's working in us. It's not just through our eyes, but also through our head, through our heart, and through our being. Like, God is wanting to do an actual supernatural work Mm -hmm. in us. Like It's not just going to stop with... Like, it's not just an exam to study for. It's not just a textbook to understand, but it's like, hey, through interacting with me and by beholding Mm. me and by praying that, you know, the Holy Spirit would work in your heart, all of these different things, you actually have a life-changing, like, you know physiologically, you know, brain-altering um, experience with me that makes you something more than you are or you could You're be.
1: completely transformed and changed. Without I, me. Yeah. yeah.
0: Let's read a little bit about it. Let's pick it up in Ephesians chapter 1. Do you want to get 9 and 10 for us there?
1: Yeah, the great verses. Having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself, there's that term, in himself, Verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. And again, see that that term in one comes mm. through, you know how Paul is about the oneness. We mentioned that briefly yesterday, but it, it, through Christ we can all be one. And he brings that out, doesn't he? Because mm. the Jews didn't want to have anything to do with the Gentiles. Mm. And in our days today we can say... Do we want to have things to do with people that Mm. are not the same as us? Or of a different culture, mm. or whatever. Whereas, in, in when we're in Christ, there is no discrim- discrimination. He wants mm. us to be
0: one in Him. Well, he uses that word there, dispensation, mm. which is a word that is laboured over very rigorously in the theological space. Um, how we understand the Bible. So there's there's a, a form of Bible in, biblical interpretation called dispensationalism, which essentially posits the idea that people were saved at different times for various reasons, for, for for different reasons and by different standards so uh, the the basic understanding of dispensation you know I've met someone who said oh there's been seven dispensations throughout the Bible but the uh, the essential understanding of dispensation is the idea that uh, before Christ people were saved through works and through merit and after Christ people were saved through grace. This is this is a basic understanding of dispensationalist theology Now the word the word dispensation is used by the Bible here, but the dispensation mm. of the fullness of the times is essentially the idea that well, what we actually see throughout the Bible is from the very beginning from of the foundation sin,
1: of the world. That's right.
0: You know, Christ was slain. You know, it wasn't right. that, oh, they've had one method saved by works and then eventually Christ came along saved by grace and mm. that's how he essentially the idea of an angry God who changes from the mm-hmm. Old Testament to the New Testament is pervade. Like w- that idea becomes so pervasive when you have that idea of dispensationalism. Mm-hmm. Re- whereas what we see is that, you know, the, always the method of salvation has been through Christ.
1: Through Christ, that's right. And there's always been grace right through the Old Testament. Absolutely. And so many stories Mm. point to
0: Christ. Like it's not
1: just the prophecies, but there's stories that point to Christ.
0: Absolutely. We see different contexts in which people uh interacting with Christ but it is still all Christ all it Christ. is or still all grace i love that word there and we can see that from the very first promise that oh god would be the one to do the work to you know crush satan genesis 315 we look at the covenant with abraham that yep. through him the whole world would be blessed like that was a very you know non isolationist judaizing message ah. it's like oh no i you know i haven't just come to set up you guys i've come to set up the world and again that in the dispensation of the fullness of the time, that word dispensation essentially mm. gets to how it is God saves his people. Like mm. what is the dispensation? What has God um, given that his people can mm. be saved? Or what is the method? What is disperse? That, yeah. yeah, what is the method that he is, yeah, as you said, dispersed that people would be saved through? Yep. And the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he's basically saying that, again, we've seen that, oh, there's been basically one dispensation all the way through, and that comes to its fullness. We've seen it. Through Christ, that God has lived, died, and resurrected. But then the fullness of the times, when that phrase is used in the Bible, it's always pointing towards the end of time. Mm-hmm. The fullness of the mm-hmm. times is always Excellent. pointing towards the end of time. And look what it says after it, that he might gather together in one all things in Christ. Yes, sir. It, I think this is really showing us, it, it's very Matthew 28, what I'm seeing shining through here, this, hey, the church has been set up to have an experience living with Christ, yeah. that they might reach everyone, that in the fullness of time, mm, as the dispensation has beautiful. come, has been dispersed to all people, they might be saved. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are going to have our final opportunity for you guys to get in for our amazing prize this week. We've Again, it's been a super competitive quiz, but we know, we know, and we have seen before that people have won the prize off of the last question. As their only entry. There you go. So, guys, this is... So it's is, worth entering. Yeah, absolutely. Give us the last question. Or maybe, you know, you've already built up your portfolio. You know, you've been answering all week. <laughs> but it's competitive ads. So you need to get more chances in. Do you want know, to read that one for us?
1: What did Eli accuse Hannah of being when he saw her in the temple?
0: Oh, okay. If you know the answer to this one, 0491 What did Eli accuse Hannah of being when he saw her in the temple. Of course, our prize for this week, the amazing Revived Cafe Cookbook 8, Volume 8, we'll give to you for free. But again, that number, 0491-064-669. Mm. All right, we're continuing on with our Bible study, talking about christ sentences. So we finished off talking about the dispensation of the fullness of time, you know, in the, in the time in which all the world—actually, Thinking about this, I was thinking about this further during the break, the dispensation of the fullness of time, and particularly as we were talking about the three angels' messages mm-hmm. in our last study, we're talking about the time of judgment has come mm. in which the gospel will go to all the world. We know that what like up until our generation and, mm. and the last couple of centuries, you know, one of the really telling signs of the time is that the gospel didn't have the ability to go to the entire world until the world that we live in now, and it's like, oh wow, this we live in the, in the first context in which that can actually take it can place. Can happen
1: in so many ways, can it? Mm.
0: Absolutely, and simultaneously, along with that, we understand that then judgment begins. You know, as the Bible reads in Revelation fourteen verse six and seven, you know, worship God for the hour of its judgment, judgment has come. come. This is the three angels' message, the last message to the world. World is, mm. Hey, the judgment is here. It is time to worship. And the here. beautiful
1: thing is, we don't have to fear it. As a youngster, I used to fear it, but when we know God is standing in on our side, Jesus is on our side.
0: Absolutely. Oh man, I the the message of judgment, by the way, is one of the most beautiful, incredible things. You, you the message of judgment. The judgment is something to look forward to. Mm. The only way you fail the judgment is if, <laughs> the only way you've, you fail the judgment is if you don't know Jesus. Like, this is really what we see at the end of the day. We see that Jesus is both the the lawyer, he, he's, well, he's the judge. He's the judge. And he's the defense. That's right. It's the most rigged court case of all time. <laughs> and, and again, as we're talking about Ephesians and Christ-centeredness, it's really getting, it's like from, from the beginning of time until the dispensation of the fullness of time, mm. the time in which the gospel goes to the whole world, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, and all people are called into judgment before God. The only success that they have, the only option, the only result or resort is through being connected to To Christ, Christ. through having Christ lived in us. And again, then we roll back the timeline a little bit. Well, we're living in this time. We roll back all the way to the time of Ephesians where they're initially instituting these churches you know the, the gospel is spreading mm-hmm. out you know through as we talked about over the last couple of days we talked about corinth and ephesus and we talked about these two major cities that it was paul's mission to reach initially because it covered you know so much territory because you had people coming in and coming out and it's like oh if we win corinth and ephesus being these two major trade routes we can start to win the world when we roll back the clock all the way back to then Mm. And they're just initially, they're, they're finding their footing in what does ecclesia look like? What, is, what does church look like? They're like, hey, it looks like Christ-centeredness.
1: Christ-centeredness. And here's the key, what was going through my mind before when you were saying about it, it's all in, you know, coming in Christ. Why is it too? Is because when sin separated us from, from uh, caused separation between us and, and, and heaven and, and God. So that's the vertical and then the horizontal beca- between humanity. Christ brought that back together. Mm. It's only through Him, so He's repaired the, that hori- that vertical and the horizontal damage yeah. that has happened, and mm. and when we're in Him that that repair happens with us as well. Absolutely. And so when we come come to Ephesians it is about being in Christ because the whole thing too the reason Paul actually saturates this letter with with being in Christ is because he want his whole purpose is to gather together together everyone into one because mm. Christ wants that oneness. Um And the other thing is, too, is that he gives us the pattern for conversion of faith um, Mm. that come through the blessings of being in Christ. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the blessings that come on on being in Christ. And that's why he then covers the the different kinds of metaphors as well that come in with that as well.
0: Mm. Now, we have these metaphors here that are used throughout Ephesians to describe the church. And there's four main ones that we see here. Let's pick up some of them. Let's begin. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22, if you can head there for me, Daniel. Now we're going to race through these. Ephesians 1 and verse 22 and 23.
1: Yeah, And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And so what we find there is he's saying the church is the body mm. it's a it's a it's a building um, sorry it's a it's a body you know yeah. we were talking about that yesterday the yeah. human body and he yeah. covers that nicely in some other places about the importance of the feet and the hands and the eyes all being part together as one body yeah. that without one part the other doesn't function as well
0: well in his letter to the Corinthians which I'm starting to see Corinthians yeah. now yes. as as I'm seeing these two cities and I'm, I'm like these are kind of com- parallel. I'm like these are kind of just companion yeah, letters like, they it's, are. it's like oh Oh, this, like is not, this is the letter to you know the the main our main hub in asia and this is the letter to our main hub in europe yeah. and they both you know suffer from similar situations and circumstances obviously they're a little bit different and in corinthians he has a lot more to say due to you know some of the, the awfulness that was happening <laughs> in the church there but yeah it's like are you describing church in the body and as you said in the book of First Corinthians, mm. where he's like, you know, the 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 body, you know, the hand isn't a foot, and the foot isn't the eye. I love and
1: it how he says that. <laughs> and the hair,
0: you know, the eye isn't the nose, and all of these things have very important and specific functions that all need to work together. And again, when we're talking about Christ centeredness, the only thing that enables that collaboration is that Christ centeredness. When those barriers and those walls can come down. Let's read our next metaphor in Ephesians chapter two. We can get nineteen to twenty for us.
1: Chapter 2 and verse 19 to 22. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple. There it is, holy temple in the Lord, Mm. in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. So there's the the second metaphor Mm. that we have of being the holy temple of the Lord.
0: I love this. The body of Christ kind of indicates function, but the temple indicates righteousness or character. Character very much. What these people represent. Let's go to our next metaphor, Ephesians 5. We're going to read 22. Uh, We'll start in verse 22 and, and probably read through to verse 27, I think.
1: Yeah, wives submit to your own husbands as the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. Mm. I've actually got that all circled, and I've gone, wow, that's yeah. what's written in my Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I've even got a date there. Amazing. <laughs> and he is the saviour of the body. Therefore, just as the church is the subject of Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. That he may sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or anything such thing, but that she may be a holy, may be holy and without blemish. You know, Lawson, in this passage, so many people use this passage Mm. to say that wives have to submit, because that's the title at the top Mm. of some of that in the, in the Bible, Mm. um, passages, but it says, you know, wives submit to your husband. They use this about lording over their wives. What that what tends to be missed is that beautiful part about Jesus is actually mm. Christ is the head of the church, and to love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave yeah. Himself for her, isn't that just so beautiful? It's a
0: it's a self sacrificial you know oh. servanthood, but also like a, a leading as well. And I love this kind of paradigm that it creates of mm. like husbands, you know, you know, love your wives, wives submit to your husbands. This this circular you know. Um, Cycle that takes place, and and it's when that is functioning that I think you know, from my perspective as an unmarried person, maybe you could share as a married person, but <laughs> yeah, that is when true you know success in a relationship can take place when both sides are participating in that yep. cycle of love, love and submission. Just as we have that relationship with Christ, and as the church is the bride of Christ. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And we have come to the time where we do nothing else but spin that wheel. Usually I say we give you answers How to questions. How exciting. That'll, here it comes. That'll come soon. Eh? But here we go. Let's spin that wheel. Oh, there we go. Okay. We can hear it. You know, it's, it's spinning. It's getting around. And it's coming to a close. Oh, that was wild! It, it it was it was on the edge there. But we have a winner for this week, and it is none other than Alan. Congratulations, fell! I did not rig the quiz, but Alan lives very close to me. He's divulged that information over over the text line to us.
1: This may be the first time we actually get invited for a meal. Yeah, we. He's
0: up the road, like he's here. right there. He's like we used to. <laughs> I found out that Alan and I used to play for the same football team. There you, you know, go. While I was, And under eights in 2006, and he was playing in like 10 years before. But, dude, Alan, congratulations. You have won our cookbook. Now we are going to live up to our promise to get over and have a meal with you. And
1: taste something, yes.
0: Absolutely. So congratulations, (laughs) Alan, on winning the prize. And, yeah, well, now that's out of the way, let's go through some answers for our quiz for today.
1: So the first question, which of these is a term David uses to describe God? Is it A, the Lord, our maker? B, a great king above all gods? C, the rock of our salvation? Or D, all of the above? And the answer is D, all of the above. So if you put that, you got that one right. Mm. Second one, who was the priest of Bethel during the time of Amos? The answer is actually found in the book of Amos, and it was Amaziah. Mm. Amaziah, that's I a actually, name that... Go on.
0: I gave a little clue when I was when I said, wow, that's you know, that's an amazing question. And I, I was like, I wonder if anyone will, you know, pick up this Pick up, just change the ending on it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Third one, avoid foolish blank and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law for they are unprofitable and vain. Um and so the answer for that one is um, avoid foolish debates or controversies, arguments or disagreements. depends which version questions, you go into. Questions yeah.
0: is the main one, yeah. but, yeah, all of the other ones we will accept as well. Yes, yes. because, debates, of, that, because of the Debates, controversies, arguments and disagreements. Yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. <laughs> so what disease was Miriam potemporary afflicted with? The answer is leprosy. That one's quite a well-known story with that one, mm. isn't it? Hey, last one. What did Eli accuse Hannah of being when she saw her in the temple? She was accused of being of drunk.
0: Being drunk. Yeah, absolutely. And now we, uh, we, I, I, I encouraged everyone to just send in the first thing that comes to your mind, you know, you just get did. in for the quiz. We didn't have one answer for that that came through that called her a prostitute. And we were like, man, that is a rough ass. Like that's, <laughs> that, because she was not accused of that. No, because well, the, the story there is really amazing. Obviously, Hannah is the, uh, the, the mother of the prophet Samuel That's right. which was probably you could consider one of the most you know influential prophets of well definitely of his time because at mm-hmm. that time the bible is clear that the word of the lord was not widespread until Samuel's calling to be a prophet and then you know his interactions with Solomon and and uh, sorry with Saul and David uh, he was really really this amazing important prophet now,
1: why do you think i mean some people some of our listeners may not know why why Eli thought she was actually drunk.
0: So this is the amazing thing of this of about her story here is that she's actually in the temple mm. pleading with God. God. That's
1: right. And her lips are moving, but yeah. he's not hearing anything. Yeah.
0: She's she's like just praying a silent prayer and, you know, moving her lips as she's talking in her mind. And essentially trying to you're pleading with God to give her a child mm. um through her husband. And up until this point, you know, it, it hasn't happened and it, it hasn't uh, it hasn't taken place. But, yeah, as a result, you know, she's able to conceive Samuel and have this amazing mm. prophet. But, yeah, Eli, the high priest, walks in and is like, hey, drunk lady, what are you doing here? <laughs> and she's like,
1: no, I'm not I'm drunk. I'm not drunk at all. She I'm actually not, says that
0: to him. I'm yeah. not drunk, but I'm calling on the Lord to give <laughs> me a child. Oh, uh, yeah, it's really, really awesome. So, hey, fantastic story there. Oh, okay. Hey, we just got a text message just come through from Alan. And... I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I how I feel about this. Alan, Alan has written in this text message. He says, he, well, he says, oh, you know, thank God I've won. Thank you, Lord. But you can give the prize to another person, please. Just have maybe he doesn't want to cook for us. I, you know, I <laughs> but that's just beautiful, Alan. That's we, really lovely. We haven't lovely. really said to stay at or start it this week, so this is kind of our fault. Yeah, but <laughs> but come on, Alan, you've never won anything before, and don't you want to spend time with? I guess you know, Alan is being quite generous here. But we are also, Alan, we're giving back. We're being generous to you. So I'm, I'm I don't know how I feel. I don't know if we, we could should spin it again. We could spin it. I don't know if we should though. I'm like. We we could, but all right, okay. It's
1: his request. Okay, let's major- majority rule. What do you What do you guys think? Spin again. Okay,
0: you're spinning. All right,
1: let's let's <laughs> majority spin it
0: All right, let's let's. Good hit on that, you, hit that wheel one more time. Good on Here you. Here we go. All right, it is spinning. It's slowing down, and we. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Has it come to Ellen again? No,
0: no, 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 no. no, no. It hasn't. it It hasn't. But it's actually come to someone... Who has won a cookbook in the drawer before, like months ago? Congratulations, you had her on winning the prize. You know, I'm kind of sad for Alan. I, I just, I wanted him to be able to experience an amazing cookbook, you know, receiving a prize here from Faith of M. You know,
1: Lawson, you could always buy him one and give it as a gift. Well, then he wouldn't accept
0: it. That's exactly
1: what we're doing right now. <laughs> but a gift can't be rejected. I mean, I know he did oh, sure, change this one. sure, but, sure.
0: Yeah. This was a gift. But hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and we've come to the time where we're. Finishing up for the week. We're going to go have. What are you going to go up to, Dunedin? Oh,
1: I'm going down to Sydney for my sister in law's 60th. Oh, yeah, we're having a great, powerful. good family get together. So, really looking forward to it. Amazing. Hey,
0: well, we have. We're going to do a giveaway this morning for the last giveaway for our this month, actually, uh, which will be the. So we have the end of financial year, which is obviously in June. We have our end of financial year giveaway where we're giving away basically a bunch of Faith of M merch absolutely for free. That giveaway happens as a result of a draw, which you get entries into through a whole host of different ways. But the main way you can do it is by heading to the website, uh, faithofm.com.au and putting our code word in, which is the word Wheatbix. Wheatbix. And make sure you get the right spelling there as well. It's the sanitarium Wheatbix. So get the right spelling in for Weetbix, but yeah. No no dash either. But guys, hey, have a fantastic weekend. Spend time worshiping God and remember to talk faith to live faith to act faith and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with-